Welcome to another episode of Four Parks, One Diva. If you're listening to this, thank you so much for coming back for another episode of this podcast. If you're not listening to this, well, I don't have anything to say to you um, because clearly you don't want to hear anything from me. Um, Now, for today's episode, um, as always, I want to start with an opening thought. Um, And this is going to be a little bit interactive. Uh, I'm going to ask a question and I want you to pause the podcast, consider your answer, and then speak it out. I want you to, to say it. Use your voice. Um, even if I can't hear you, uh, I'm sure on some spiritual level, um, I, I do receive your words. So um, my opening question for today is, do pineapples deserve to be on pizza? So go ahead and pause this podcast. Tell me what you think. And then, you know, we'll start a little dialogue here. I'll tell you what I think. So should pineapples be on pizza? Thank you for that very well thought out answer. I never considered that before. It's awesome. So what are my opinions on pineapples on pizza? Well, I'm not opposed to having pineapples on my pizza. Uh, It's not something I usually go for myself. Um, But if I had pineapple pizza right now, uh, I would probably eat it uh, with no qualms. Um, I would probably describe myself not as a pineapple pizza prescriptivist, though. I don't believe that I should tell others or judge others on what pizza toppings they choose. If you really want to have pineapple on your pizza, go for it. Enjoy that pineapple pizza. Um, And I'm not going to think any less of you as a person or uh, think any less of your palate. Um, Now, why am I talking about pineapple pizza today? Um, Well, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about a restaurant that I don't particularly care for uh, its food, but I do think the theming uh, is pretty, uh, pretty, pretty awesome. I wouldn't say it's, you know, spectacular, but I'd say in terms of themed dining spaces, it's pretty good. Uh, And that restaurant is not very well known for its cuisine. Um, Pineapple pizza, I don't know if was ever served there, but um, there have been a variety of different pizza types uh, served at this restaurant. Um, if you can guess the restaurant I'm talking about, why don't you go ahead and shout it out loud right now. Hmm, a nicely themed restaurant at Walt Disney World that serves questionable quality pizza. I wonder what that could be. There are actually a ton of options if you're familiar with the quick service restaurants of Walt Disney World Resort. But the one I am going to talk to you today about is Pinocchio Village House. Pinocchio Village House has been a mainstay of Magic Kingdom dining uh, since the park opening. I think it opened with the park in 1971. I'm not 100% sure about that. But then again, I'm not a historian. 
Um, Pinocchio Village House has always been a little bit weird. People comment on how, you know, Pinocchio is really an Italian puppet boy, but the theming of Pinocchio Village House is like very, very Bavarian um, and, and sort of Swiss Alp themed, um, which, which kind of makes sense when you consider the fact that the Skyway station used to be right down the street from it. So it kind of has to blend in with that. Um, but honestly, it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me. Um, I think Pinocchio, um, may be, uh, raised in Italy, but maybe the wood that he was built with was, you know, from Bavaria. Maybe it was, maybe it was from Germany or from Switzerland or whatever. So, um, you know, who's to say that he doesn't have German heritage? So, what I want to talk to you today about is the layout of Pinocchio Village House. Pinocchio Village House has a bunch of different themed dining rooms in it. And, um, you know, I, I like ranking things. So, I wanted to rank the Pinocchio Village House rooms, uh, you know, just in terms of my personal preferences. Um, you know, my ranking may not match up with yours, which is great because the diversity of opinions is always appreciated, um, as long as it doesn't infringe on other people's rights. Um, anyway, so let's start with my least favorite room out of Pinocchio Village House, and that is the Jiminy Cricket Room. So, of course, the Jiminy Cricket Room is quote-unquote themed after Jiminy Cricket, although the theming is quite sparse in this room. Um, there are a few, you know, murals of Jiminy Cricket talking with uh, Pinocchio, helping him out, being his conscience. Um, and honestly, Jiminy Cricket is kind of a boring character. I get that he's supposed to be our our everyman. He's supposed to be like our 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 character to relate to in the Pinocchio story while there's all this fantastical stuff going on. Um, but, you know, when you're the straight guy, you're kind of boring, right? So um, he's never been my favorite, and so this room is also not my favorite either. Coming in at number eight is another dude who's a little bit boring compared to the other characters in the story, and that would be Geppetto. Geppetto is, of course, Pinocchio's maker-slash-father, and Geppetto is... You know, I don't want to judge him too much because I have a feeling that when I grow up, I'm going to be like him, living alone with a house full of dolls and a cute little cat and goldfish. I think that might be my life trajectory. Um, but anyway, he's he's a sweet guy. It's just that he doesn't really add much uh, in terms of theming. Um, his room, of course, has those standard murals on the wall. Um, I think he has one dancing with Pinocchio and, and playing the accordion um, and, and tapping his foot and whatever. I think the uh, most interesting mural of his in his room is where he is, you know, building Pinocchio and painting his face on. Um, I do think that is a little creepy, um, but creepy in a good way. Like, I look at that and it intrigues me. Um, so I don't know what that says about me on a, on a psychological level, but, um, you know, I, I always, you know, stop and, and gaze at that mural a little too long. 
My number seven favorite room in Pinocchio Village House is not actually a dining room. If you've never been to this restaurant before, the way it works is you enter and go to the big ordering area in the center, and then once you get your food, you go to one of those smaller dining rooms. So my number seven favorite room is the ordering area itself. It's an indoor area, but it's that indoor-outdoor sort of thing where it's themed so that you think you're outdoors, uh, even though it's clearly air-conditioned and, you know, those skylights are definitely not real. Um, but I always appreciate when they do this, when Imagineers give you a little bit of outdoor-indoors. Um, and quite honestly, I think it might be because I enjoy being indoors in the air-conditioning and um, to get to experience some of that outdoor life uh, when I'm comfortable inside uh, is always a nice thing. So it's themed to be kind of like a courtyard where there are facades of buildings all around on the, on the upper walls. And um, one of my favorite things, though, in here is not just that theming, um, but the mural on the wall. It, it's kind of... It makes sense, but it's kind of bizarre. It's a, a cornucopia, like you would find in a Thanksgiving feast. A cornucopia filled with like fruits and vegetables. And then standing in front of it is a little marionette Pinocchio holding a mug of coffee and a piece of cake, uh, which I just find hilarious. I love that, 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 that contrast between, you know, the healthy, you know, food pyramid sort of thing versus, oh, here's some sugar and caffeine. I love that. That, that contrast is awesome. And um, anyway, there was a little bit of a hubbub uh, several years ago when they actually decided that that's not a good role model for people. And Pinocchio's cake was swapped out for an apple. So because of that, the ordering area significantly went down in my ranking. So that's why it's at number seven. Um, it would have been so much funnier with a piece of cake. So I want to ask you, if they were to open up a restaurant themed after you and then put a little, you know, marionette, a little statue figurine of you holding a drink in your hand and a food item in your other, what food and drink would you be holding? Go ahead and pause this podcast and think about it. Really think about it because you never know. One day they might open up a restaurant with you as the star. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Those choices are so you. Now, what would I be holding? Well, definitely I would be holding coffee. It would probably be iced coffee. Um, now, you might be asking, why do I prefer iced coffee over hot coffee? Honestly, I don't. I like both hot coffee and iced coffee. However, iced coffee is so much easier to chug. So when I'm trying to get that caffeine fix, um, it's much easier to drink 96 ounces of iced coffee in three minutes versus 96 ounces of hot coffee. Um, I, I do like my taste buds, and I'd like to keep them intact as much as possible. 
So that's the ordering area. There's also, you know, next to that beautiful cornucopia mural, there's also uh, Honest John and Gideon, the cat, um, you know, chasing after um, Pinocchio, trying to get a hold of him. Uh, those are very cute too. But like I said, ever since they switched the cake out, I um, haven't been a huge fan. My number six favorite room in Pinocchio Village House is the Stromboli room. The Stromboli room, I think, is the biggest of the dining rooms in um, this restaurant. Um, the Stromboli room is sort of like um, in the center of the restaurant and has high ceilings um, because it reaches up to the indoor balcony portion uh, where you can sit if you'd like. There are a few tables up there. And the Stromboli room, I think, is it's, it's a good idea. You want to have um, a pretty large space for people uh, can find a table easily and aren't waiting forever with their tray of food. Um, and I think the, um, the theming is kind of cute. The little puppets everywhere. I know there are some like cute stained glass windows with some possibly racist stereotype marionettes. Um, and of course, Stromboli himself is kind of a racist stereotype. Um, now I, I, I do like the name Stromboli, actually. I think that evokes a wonderful image of a, you know, a delicious dinner. He seems like a, a plump guy who would, who would enjoy a Stromboli. He's kind of shaped like a Stromboli, right? I, I like that. I like that name, but I also really like his real name. His, uh, his, his name in the original and his name in a lot of productions of Pinocchio is uh, Mangiafuoco which is a uh, fire eater. So I really like that name too, Mangia Fuoco. Um, maybe that's a little too racy for 1940s Disney, so Stromboli it is. Um, but anyway, he's, he's pretty neat in this room. Um, he's sort of putting on a puppet show with all his puppets everywhere. And um, he's showing off his puppet without strings, Pinocchio. And then Pinocchio is interacting with like the the different dancers you have like the the russian dancer the the french can can dancers the the little dutch girl um so you know those are all really cute in this room i will say the downside though is that since it is so crowded it's pretty popular and so you'll be squished up with a lot of other guests and i don't care uh for that when you know you're just trying to enjoy a nice 16 dollar cheese pizza at number five is a pretty basic room. This is the Blue Fairy Room. Um, I mean, it, 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 it's fine. It does its job. Uh, there's a mural of the Blue Fairy uh, granting Pinocchio his wish to be a real boy. Um, and there's also a, a little painting of the Blue Fairy that says, You deserve to have your wish come true. Now, underneath that painting is the thing that catapults this from, you know, bottom tier dining room to mid tier dining room. And that is the wish book. Now, this is a, a blank book where you are encouraged to write your wishes in and have the Blue Fairy grant them. So um, I've definitely done this a few times. Um, none of my wishes have come true. But remember, you know, it takes a little bit of time and 
also um, a little bit of effort on my part. Uh, we learned from the story of Pinocchio that you can't just get your wish granted by the Blue Fairy. You have to work for it, right? Um, so why don't you think about, you know, if you were at Pinocchio Village House right now, and you were going up to sign that book after your delightful dinner of uh, a caprese sandwich. I don't know what they have at the, on the menu right there. I don't eat there. Um, but um, what would you write as a wish in that wishing book? Are you back? Oh, great. I was covering my ears. Uh, we, we all know that if anyone else hears your wishes, they won't come true, right? Um, and because of that, I will not be sharing my own personal wish. If you do want to go back through the old catalogs of the Blue Fairy Rooms wish journal thing, uh, maybe you'll find some of my wishes written there. But since I didn't sign them with my name, it might be a little bit tricky to pinpoint which ones are mine. Let's go to number four. Now, number four is actually not a room either. Number four is the entire outdoor seating area. So the outdoor seating area is, you know, it's 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 pretty cute. Like it's in a, a nice area where it's close enough to the action where you can do some people watching, but it's also a little bit further away. It's also fenced off so random people are not like jumping in bumping into your table and that sort of thing. Um, now, when the Pinocchio Village House first opened, I believe that um, the entire outdoor area used to be completely fenced in by uh, a planter um, with uh, like an entrance and exit on either end of the semicircle. Um, however, now, of course, there's like a gap in the middle where people can enter so that they have a straight path into the restaurant or out of the restaurant, uh, which is fine. I just, I prefer the, uh, the way it was set up before, um, just because it, it kind of, uh, really separates you from the main crowd. You don't, uh, you don't have to think about all the people sweating at three o'clock in the afternoon, trying to make their way to Mickey's Magic so they can give their feet a break. Um, now, what I really like about this outdoor area is actually not on the main floor. It's upstairs on the Pinocchio Village House outdoor balcony. This is actually one of my favorite places in all of Magic Kingdom, just to sit and relax. And you have a beautiful view of Cinderella Castle and the carousel and just that whole fantasy land vibe you got. Um, you also have, <laughs> of course, uh, you get to listen to the um, the bells ringing every 15 minutes. Um, I love that, the little bell tower chiming. Um, it always is a couple minutes off, though. Um, I've dubbed that fantasy land standard time, where it will be like 2.15s bells happening at 2.13, um, which, I mean, Pinocchio Village House is set in a fantasy land, so of course they have their own time zone. Um, so, you know, I'm not making a, a judgment about it. I'm just saying if they wanted to standardize it to Florida, maybe they could, you know, mess with that, the conversion a little bit. Um, anyway, I, I really like sitting in that area. It's also 
a, a great place to just listen to the music loop uh, in that area. It's a lot of like yodeling, a lot of a lot of horns, a lot of uh, a lot of brass. I, I love that. Um, it's like alpine music, um, and it's a little chaotic, um, but it's actually quite lovely. Um, I know if you go online, you can you know download the complete music loop of that. Um, I know um, if you've ever been to the Passport to Dreams Old and New blog, um, I know a couple of years ago they posted the track list of it. They did a lot of work um, with that. So I, I definitely encourage you to check out that site um, and um, you know listen to this music loop. You can you know just just close your eyes and you know for an hour you can pretend that um, you're sitting in fantasy land waiting for your Seven Doors Mind Train Fast Pass to to open up. Um, you know, you might want to ring some bells every 15 minutes just so, to fully get you in that mood. You might want to turn the heat up on your air conditioning um, so that, you know, you get just a little bit of sweat. You know it is shaded, um, so it's not too sweaty, but that Florida humidity uh, is not blocked by that uh that overhang my number three favorite dining room at pinocchio village house is the cleo room this is a a pretty small room um that is notable for its stained glass um i think that's really cute there are a bunch of stained glass windows with cleo the goldfish um, swimming around. Those are super cute. There's also a bunch of cuckoo clocks, um, which I would have thought would make more sense in the Geppetto room, but, you know, in the Clio room, it's totally fine too. Uh, those greatly add to the theming. Another thing that I like in the Clio room is, it's kind of weird because it's not Clio. It's actually Honest John the Fox and Gideon the Cat. Um, there's, there's like a wood carving, um, insert in one of the walls and um it's it's the honest john and gideon courting pinocchio singing the uh the high to the lead and actor's life for me song um i think that's a very cute little touch and i'm also a fan of of stuff that's like physical so this was physically carved i think that's very cute my choice for number two might be a little controversial and that is the monstro room now the monstro room is probably the room that you're most familiar with if you know anything about pinocchio village house this is the room that overlooks it's a small world and because it has this little peek through into an attraction it tends to be very popular with guests and those tables next to the windows tend to get uh, filled up pretty quickly now, I think the attraction overlook is a great idea. I love that concept. I think it is underutilized at Walt Disney World Resort. I would love it if, uh, for example, you had uh, a Restaurantosaurus outpost where you could sit and watch the Carnotaurus or whatever chase the, the guests on Dinosaur the Ride. Um, that would be pretty fantastic. I wish I wish they would do more of this sort of thing um, across the resort. So I do really like it for that. That's why it really comes up to number two. I also really enjoy the 
murals of Monstro on the walls. Um, it's, <laughs> of course, Monstro is the big whale that uh, swallows up Pinocchio. And um, I, I always think he is such a great character. Um, honestly, I was rooting for him over Pinocchio. Um, <laughs> I think that the mural is, is pretty hilarious because it has Monstro you know, chasing up a bunch of very scared fishes and swallowing them alive. Um, so you can like see that he is chasing them and they are so scared trying to swim away and they are like literally in his mouth. He's about to close it. Um, I think that is a pretty great uh, kind of macabre um, thing to put in a children's um, amusement park. Um, but I, I love that. And of course, there's like Pinocchio and other fish looking really scared, wondering who is this uh, giant whale trying to chase after me? Um, I think that's great. Now, the reason why this is not get number one in my book is, is something very small. And that is um, the fact that there are plexiglass barriers in between the uh, Pinocchio Village House and the It's a Small World. Uh, loading area. Um, I understand the reason for them. Um, I do think plexiglass is gross. Um, I don't even want to think about all of the children and adults who have like smushed their faces up against that plexiglass. Um, it's it just, it grosses me out. Um, <laughs> now, one of the things that, you know, you can do if you're seated in that area is you can hold up signs to the people riding by in It's a Small World. And if those people want to play along, they can do whatever it says on your sign. Like it could say, uh, do the YMCA. Um, and then, you know, maybe the, the guests in the boat will you know, do the YMCA for you. If not, um, you know, you can just try the next boat over and over again. Uh, it's a great way to waste your time. Um, you know, if you just want to hog those windows up. Um, so why don't you go ahead? Why don't you think of if you could hold up a sign for all of the It's a Small World guests to see as they start their voyage, what would your sign say? Oh, that's a wonderful idea. Maybe one day they'll put that on a sign. Now, what would I put on a sign to show to all of those It's a Small World guests? Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I would probably do something like stream Sawayama on Spotify and iTunes. Um, if you never listened to Rina Sawayama's album, Sawayama, I highly recommend it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, maybe I would also put something like a little joke, like, uh, your next fast pass has been canceled. See lists of, uh, multiple experiences you can enjoy or something like that. Some little goof. <laughs> Let's move on to my number one favorite room in Pinocchio Village House. This also might be a little bit controversial because when you enter, it kind of looks a little bit plain Jane. But what sets this room apart is the fact that Figaro is a cat. The Figaro room features the delightful Figaro cat, uh, who's just so adorable. The paintings in this room are just so charming. Like, I want to start petting Figaro and 
and and dancing with him and and feed him fish and whatever he's just so adorable so the murals in this room depict him you know dancing with Pinocchio which is something I would absolutely do if Figaro were my cat um Figaro fishing with his tail um it's just super cute and then of course my favorite of them is Figaro in front of a big plate of these giant uh, fish that he just caught and he's about to dig in but he's eating with a fork and uh, a fork and knife it's so cute I think about it a little cat with a little bitty fork and knife oh that's amazing um I I love the you know absurdity but also you know the kind of the, the classic humor of um of the paintings in this room and that you know just always makes me smile whenever I see them so that's my ranking for the Pinocchio Village House rooms. Um, I'd love to hear your favorite, if you have a favorite or a least favorite, if you really hate one of these rooms uh, for some reason. You know, I don't particularly hate any of them. I just think some of them are a little boring and can use a little bit of sprucing up, but I wouldn't say I hated any of them. But, you know, maybe maybe one of them stood you up for prom or something, and, and ever since then you've hated the Blue Fairy or something. I don't know. Um, so you can always reach out to me um, on my Twitter is at Deepa Disney and let me know what you think. Um, again, uh, apologies for the sound quality and editing of this podcast because I am not a podcast professional and I don't claim to be. Um, so uh, I appreciate you if you made it this far and um I hope to, you know, talk to you next week about a different topic. So my closing uh, thought for this podcast, uh, I want to ask you, since Pinocchio is, is well known for his lies, um, and, you know, I, I think maybe the, the story of Pinocchio might be, if you believe in a lie, you know, long enough, eventually it will become true. <laughs> I mean, he definitely lied to himself when he said he was a real boy. He is totally a puppet. Um, but has there ever been a lie that you told someone else and eventually that lie morphed into reality? That might be kind of a, a tricky one to think about. So take a while to contemplate your entire life and all of the lies that you've told. Until we meet again, I will see you real soon.